0: It's your girl, Kilowatt. I am on my way to go pick up Braylon to take her to my house off 87th. And just getting in the swing of a, of a patterns or routine, trying to establish how this is going to work with me being in Portland and them being in Beaver Creek. I guess I took a little bit of a break from podcasting. I was getting really overwhelmed and I didn't have a whole lot to discuss because the impending move was heavy on my mind. And I was starting to panic a little bit of whether or not I would pull it off, which thank God I did. I was fortunate enough to have a passenger of mine, Sean, come through with his friend Charles, both of which attend the same church that I am going to attend Probably in October during my vacation, I promised to bring Braylon so they can meet her um, at the church and introduce her to other kids. They're trying to get me to be part of the church community, which I think is actually quite charming, and I love. I don't go to church. I haven't been to church in a long time. I generally work Sundays. It's easier, and until I get higher up in seniority, I won't be getting weekends off, so I sacrifice to have Saturday uh, with Braylon. And it's and it's fine. It works out just fine. I don't necessarily need a church community. I've always been more of a lone ranger uh, with regard to my spirituality. I I like to come up with my own personal connection with God and Source Creator. I usually live in the gray areas, and I have a bit of a a bleeding heart for any groups that are just. they call discriminated against and so the lgbtq plus community uh and and mainly women's rights i think there's a lot of misogyny indoctrinated in the church so i just try and stay on my own path because i do believe that there is a i do believe that god exists and if there was anything that i'm really subjective to it'd be mostly buddhism likely um possibly Hinduism, but I haven't really gotten into that yet. I just, I've been looking at the Kabbalah and having the English translated version of it just out of curiosity because I have an affinity for things with, you know, Hebrew and stuff like that. Uh, The tree of life and and ancient Greek uh, mythology and stuff like that. So Uh, I wanted to talk about like a little bit of how the move went Um, initially Charles, his car broke down so it was questionable of whether or not they'd be able to get to us without us having to go get them I mean they were coming from northeast Portland so it was incredibly sweet of them to make the journey out I know that Charles does uh, food delivery and he was approaching a, a goal where he would get a bonus he gave that up to help me move which was beyond my mind like just very loving people and I'm so grateful and fortunate to have my passengers and my station agents and my co-workers and our road supervisors and our mechanics like I've been looking at uh, soul networks like souls that you travel with throughout lifetimes I've been looking at karmic ties and It seems really obvious and apparent to me now that Brent and I were a very karmic relationship. I had said before that I knew we'd been married and we played this game where one of us cheated on the other or left the other for another person. Um, I don't know how exactly I know these things. I just know them, and it's really frustrating. I've had repetitive dreams, different memories, feelings, stuff like that indications that that's that I'm on the correct path I get my I'll say something like that out loud and I'll get the tingles which is usually some type of you know confirmation for my spirit guides or even just my intuition which I know is silly it sounds stupid it sounds crazy but I just that's how I roll man like I'm a hippie and everybody knows it and it's cool (laughs) I've been listening to this woman do tarot readings and I've been pulled more into that realm of things where I I find it necessary to create a sacred space to communicate with my guides but also take a little bit of discernment into that type of thing because I know that there are negative entities out there that not necessarily entities but not everybody you have a history with in your soul tribe wants beneficial things for you. There could be some really bad rifts between you and, a, and an arch nemesis in a past life where you inflicted lots of hurt. And regardless, this is basically a giant hologram where our souls come back and forth like little video games to attain a lesson. Uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that hurt feelings don't happen, right? Like I'm pretty sure me and K2 fucking hate each other it seems to be a really contemptuous relationship between both Brent and I, which is unfortunate because I I didn't want that. I found more and more the people that I've spoken with along my time away from just, I guess, just being pushed outside of the group, right? Like, I've just been shoved outside, cast aside. It's a very Lilith-themed type experience where you once belong to a tribe of people and for one reason or the other you become the outcast and that seems to be a pretty strong theme for me whether I understand it or not it seems to be something that I'm I'm supposed to go through and something that I was that I was listening to and I can't I wish I could reference you know where it came from but it it's not so much that things happen to you as that they happen for you and that's more of where I'm at right now and just mentally processing this shit I hit a milestone the other night when I had left my phone in the car and I guess I can, let's put a pin in that, right? I should, I should start at the beginning of the story and how it all played out okay, so just bear with me, this is how it's gonna go I've been thinking a lot about cyclic patterns and wounding that happens within generations of soul tribes. Okay, and I know this sounds silly, but please just hang with it. Let's say we all travel together throughout lifetimes to attain different lessons and fulfill karmic roles in order to uh, master a certain type of consciousness within each lifetime and, and attain new understanding and perspective of each individual soul's journey. Okay, let's say that sometimes there has to be a bad guy. Sometimes the roles have to be reversed in order for us to fully understand what it was that was put upon our heart and why we felt the certain things that we did and why we had to undergo different levels of pain that reached us to crack open our, our hearts, okay, to to open up our minds and our perspective to the way of the world and how this life unfolds, okay? Not everybody's a bad guy. We all want to think in black and white, but the truth is it's all the gray. And so if you are a soul group and a soul tribe, each fulfilling karmic roles and patterns, you can see within a birth chart there are certain things called uh, generational wounding. And you can... You can identify it in the chart by looking at Nessius and Chiron, and just seeing uh, familial ties. That's generally a major indication of karmic roles and patterns. You can see if the mother has substance abuse issues, if there was sexual abuse, if there is mental illness. You can see betrayal. You can see lies. You can see deceit. You can see uh, tragedy. And in my family, it has a cyclic pattern of the wounded heart. So these single women raising children who unintentionally create different levels of trauma within their children based off the way they communicate and how they are perceived by the world around them and how they are able to Integrate their children into the lives and the community around them and surround them with beneficial ties. So I'm working on that, okay? But I'm also looking at generational wounding and cyclic patterns. That being said, that's where my mindset was, okay? I'm not so much looking at this situation anymore with Brent and K2 and Braylon and Jacob. I don't wish to look at it in a sense of me being wronged and a sense of who's right and wrong. Who's more fucked up. Because that doesn't get me anywhere. All it does is keep me in this really stagnant place. Where it doesn't perpetuate any growth. It keeps me stuck. It hurts my heart. It, it blocks my chakras. Okay. So I go into this mess where I'm, I'm thinking. Okay. Cyclic patterns. Generational wounding. The wounded heart. Issues with Communication integrating our children into a network community of people without isolation. These are things that we failed at. Okay. So I've looked at Brent's chart. His chart also has to do with broken families and lack of communication, but also deep wounding brought on by the parents and how they communicate. I have the same type of thing. So it's not uncommon that you'll find a life partner or a karmic partner where you both have the same wounds. Because you're both trying to master and attain healing in that department. Also achieving a level of consciousness. Where you are able to like surpass the, the lessons that your parents failed to meet. So when I become more conscientious of how I speak to my children. I'm taking a step in the right direction to end that cyclic pattern of wounding so I've been paying attention to that type of thing and how I speak to my child and and how she's experiencing the world and it's been really great for me because I've taken a lot of focus off the shit with the drama you know and I'm seeing it for what it is it's just karmic roles and patterns reversals and it allows me not to be so butthurt so I look back and I'm listening to Braylon argue on the phone with her dad Okay, this is the other day. She's arguing on the phone with her dad. I can hear her going, God, duh. You know, like, and then all of a sudden, I hear him screaming at her. And she's starting to get that anxious sound where she's starting to get really upset. And she's like, why are you yelling at me? And so I called Brent because I don't want anyone to yell at my kid. I don't want to yell at my kid. But I wish somebody would call me if I'm in the middle of being verbally abusive to my kid. Because we don't do it intentionally. It's not like Brent's a bad parent. But I made it necessary or I made it a poignant move, okay? It was me going in saying, yo, nope, not today, dude. Let's not do that. Let's. Why are you yelling at her? I wanted to bridge that. I wanted to stop that because he started talking about how he was going to cancel her phone. And I don't know about you, but I've learned now that when you are threatening to take away something that you offer another person something that you give freely when you're getting along and then threaten to withhold that because they're not doing what you want them to do because you're trying to control the outcome or how they treat you or this or that. There's an element of abuse there, okay? There's that threat and uncertainty and inconsistent feeling of panic that takes over our child's hearts and and minds and souls so there is a tiny wound that starts to fester in that type of scenario so I took it upon myself to interject and I said hey why are you yelling at her and then in the midst of that I looked at the clock realized that I was just about to get an oversleep I had to hang up and I and I hung up on him and he was upset with me because he assumed that I was grooming Braylon to hang up on him and that wasn't the case it's just that Braylon doesn't have proper phone etiquette she does have a lot of sass that's true but she's also nine years old and I don't know a lot of nine-year-old little girls that don't have a little bit of attitude especially if they're feeling like they're not being heard especially if they feel like they're being controlled and they're not being understood or related to in any sense now somebody moved somebody into my house and this somebody was important my father moved a new girl into the house without asking me and and uprooted my life completely in such a way that it was drastically different and tried to push this motherly role onto me, I would have a lot of resentment toward, toward him. And I've tried to be more understanding of how Braylon feels because I know that she's not getting that a lot elsewhere. Yeah, they create a positive environment. It's clean there. Yes, she does have chore charts, but they don't allow her to be frustrated. They don't open up the Pandora's box of, why are you frustrated, Braylon? What is upsetting you? Could it possibly be this new woman who's come in and pretended to be mommy and has nothing but contempt toward your mother and has nothing but ill will toward your mom, which you can totally pick up on? Same with your dad. That would lead me to feel really conflicted. So I tried to interject and get in the middle of that and it blew up in my face. And suddenly it turned into, well, we're going to have two days on, three days off. And it was just, it was, it was really frustrating because we had agreed initially that if Braylon wanted to stay with another parent, it would just be for her benefits. She didn't feel like she was being torn between two homes. And if she wanted to stay an extra day with dad, yeah. And you know what? There were plenty of days where she did want to stay an extra day with Brent. And I didn't argue with that. The night comes where I move into this new house. We're finally getting settled. The big move's over. Like, I literally just spent 48 hours prepping for this move. Don't bother asking me how that shit went, by the way. But I just spent 48 hours. The the 48 hours I was supposed to spend with my child moving, and she didn't feel like she really got any time with me add on top of that her dad screaming at her not to hang up on her and how she how she should talk to him on the phone. And then add on that me being screamed at because I am apparently grooming her. So she just wants to feel okay. She's in this space with me. She wants to work on her little playroom and have some time with mom and just hang out and maybe make TikToks or watch a movie. And instead we're met with I'm coming to get her at 8 and blah, blah, blah. And now, well, we're just going to do two on and three off. And it just, it lit a fire under my belt. And I was pissed because I was like, look, I get that you think that you're doing the best for her, but right now you're being selfish. So I did a Facebook post on it, but mind you, I have a small inner circle where if I do decide to do an event like that, which is fucking rare, especially cause I'm trying to look at it from a different perspective right now, that I only post within that small group of select friends that I know I understand and can be real with. Deborah was in that group. And I never in a million years thought she would take that drama and bring it to Brent and try and chastise me and shake her fucking finger at me about how I'm wrong about the setup. You weren't fucking there. You weren't fucking there. So somebody goes to Brent and says, Kayla's talking shit about you, blah, blah, blah. And so, of course, that opens up a whole can of worms and Brent comes at me. This is the same day, so we're circling back to the day that I left my phone in the car. And it turns out... That when I got back to my phone, I was anxious to get to Braylon because I wanted her to know that I wasn't ignoring her. I was anxious to see if Jacob called me because I spoke with him for the first time in a long time. And it was really good to to hear his voice. And I wanted to make sure that my kids knew I wasn't ignoring them. At the same time, I open up my phone and I get Pandora's box or a can of worms for Brent. Threatening to throw my car out into the road and have it towed. Cancel my insurance cancel my bank account. Mind you, you can't cancel a bank account that you've been added on to, dude. I'll just go get another bank account. I mean, I'll try and appease you, but I, I hit a major like, milestone because not long ago, him threatening to never speak to me again, him saying he didn't care about me, him saying that he was going to do all these things. I mean, the things that you can take out of my life now are fairly limited I mean, the amount of control that you have over me is almost non-existent with regard to anything other outside of insurance. And, it, and it, if anything, that's more incentive for me to get my own fucking insurance. I just needed a cut on it because I was moving into this new place and I had to pay for all this stuff. And I thought that we were going to be amicable. But tonight I found that, you know, I got off work. I asked Brent, hey, who's watching Braylon tomorrow? And of course, he's gonna use the other thing he can flex on me with, which is childcare. Now, before all this started, we agreed Brent would help find childcare because he has a bigger network of people. They all speak with him, we all trust the people that he's with. We don't have any any good intention about interviewing strangers and putting them around our child. But now it's become so contentious that now every aspect of my relationship with them is strained to the point where now I'm having to find my own childcare. Hey guys, it's your girl Kilowa. I am on my way to go get Braylon again. My phone cut out the last end of that one. This is day two of an attempt to finish this podcast, but ironically, it fits the theme perfectly. Um, I had a few uh, conversations with my passengers today uh, that involved generational wounding, that involved karmic debts being repaid. Betrayal and things of that nature. Sorry, I'm also smoking, so you'll have to forgive me. I know it's a nasty habit. I did get word back from my friend, Zach, who is on ship. And I was assuming out in Afghanistan right now. Because I know that they had agreed with the Taliban that they would evacuate all the Americans by Tuesday. Which they said, even if they did, they wouldn't be able to get everybody out until September 11th, which seems weird. It seems super fucking weird that we would pick that particular day. I mean, why? It's so, it's so dramatic. Like part of me wonders if this is a societal structure that is led by powers that be, that are beyond our scope or lens of understanding because I do believe that there is something like a dark government or dark rulership of our nations and our countries. Like, I think that they're, they're really fucking predictable when it comes to things like theatrics, okay? They usually have uh, the news companies underneath their belt. That's what I've noticed. And whatever propaganda they want to shove out there... Like, we'll be paying attention to, I don't know, COVID and the variants and the the booster shots, right? That's their thing. The booster shots, COVID, the variants. And that's fine. We can talk about that. Let's please, yes. But maybe we should talk about the fact that Afghanistan's totally been taken over by the Taliban. The Taliban's in negotiation with Russia. And we're making this really dramatic date of September 11th as the pullout the estimated pull out date and then have senators say shit like we'll do whatever we need to do to get Americans out of the soil and if that means we gotta go hell's bells blazing bitch you're not over there there are 6,000 troops over there right now and you're trying to, to poke the fucking bear what are you doing you selfish bitch like stop it no we're trying to keep it peaceful so that we can get the fuck out of there with our people but we need you to calm the fuck down dude sit down, sir. (laughs) That's what I be saying. Anyway. Sorry, I'm a sassy girl. I took my hair extensions out today so that I could dye them blue. And there's some about when I got my short hair, man. I got a lot of sass to me. I pack it. I pack it real high, tight, and short with my short, sassy haircut. And so, anyway. My friend Zach finally got back at me and he was like, yo, I've all right and I was like okay cool cuz I assumed he was o- over there. Like I didn't know. I was just assuming that he was batting down the hatches and preparing for Tuesday's bloodbath. Like I don't know what's going to happen on Tuesday. If you got prayers in you Sam for everybody in Afghanistan, Sam for people in Haiti. Sam for people here in the states for COVID and all the people that don't fucking believe in wearing goddamn masks. Sam for the kids. Same for my friend David, who is waiting to hear back on some test results. Really scary stuff, man. Same for my friend Johnny, who just had a heart attack last week. Johnny just turned 57. He's he's a mentally delayed passenger who I speak with constantly. He's very nice and I and I care about him. So to hear that he had a heart attack was really unnerving and also motivated me to get his yellow flashlight I've been promising. Uh, since last month, since his birthday. So I need to get on that tomorrow. Anyway, uh, say the prayers. If you got them any, you say them. If you don't have them any, you think about it. There's always a little bit of love to give anywhere you are. Even if it's just not being cruel. Something I would like to say to my ex-husband, Brent, and to Brad. I don't know what's going on with both of them. But they both hate my guts this week. I don't know what the fuck happened there. I've literally been called every name in the book by my first husband, Brad. And my second husband is just swearing off everything to do with me, which is fine. Because I'm finally getting to a place where it doesn't hurt me anymore. You can't, you cannot hurt me anymore. It doesn't affect me, which is major. That's a big fucking deal for me. It used to completely derail me and I was just in shambles on the floor. But I know who the fuck I am. And I know what I bring to the table. And I know what I'm doing in this fucking life. And I know what I'm not. What I'm not is an alcoholic. What I'm not is fucking crazy. And what I'm not is an asshole. I'm not an asshole. I spend a large part of my day doing really good things for people I don't even fucking know. So both of you can kiss my ass for real at this point. I mean, I I have gotten to the point where... I'm considering a no contact order on Brad because he's being such a dick. Like, this guy literally only shows up to use me as a type of pin cushion. Like a, like a punching bag. And that's something that's really characteristic of really abusive relationships. I've always been his fallback punching bag. This motherfucker has a bad day with his spouse or his job or his whatever when he was addicted to drugs and his pills. He would fucking call me when he was out of them and just rage. And it's not my fucking fault, but the excuse, the excuse is always Jacob. And I would like to read verbatim exactly what this man said to me tonight. So last time we spoke, he called me uh, to discuss how he would be spending my money even though he knows he doesn't have custody of Jacob right now, that the state of Ohio has temporary custody and that I am paying the state of Ohio child support. But his lawyer pushed through the COVID, insisting that he did have custody, which I'm pretty sure is a fucking lie. And that's contempt of court. There's got to be a lot of shit going on. And I'm about to point it out. But they're getting $700 from my bank account, all for Jake. But 500 is not going to Jake. 500 is simply going to Brad. And so Brad calls me to tell me that he's going to talk to me about how I'm going to spend your money, Kayla. And I told him to go fuck himself. <laughs> I did. I said, dude, that's fucked up. You don't even have Jake. Why would, you, why would you push for that? And he's like, you know what? You skated for as long as you did. And that's the shit that he does. His favorite thing is to tell me that I'm a piece of shit because he's a piece of shit. He thinks he's a piece of shit, and I'll tell you why. Because when your son is in a psychiatric hospital, you're, you're gallivanting around town talking about how you're going to save everybody with your fucking prayers, but you don't lift a goddamn finger to help anybody other than yourself. So kiss my ass, Brad, for real. Kiss my motherfucking ass. So I get on the fucking phone today, or I'm walking out to go get Braylon, and I'm texting Brent. Yo, I'm going to go get Braylon. I'm on my way. So as I'm in the midst of this, I get a message from Brad Fultz and he says, since you never answer my calls. So mind you, I, I blocked his number. I told him I will only be communicating with you via email. I'm blocking your number. So I, he doesn't have access to me anymore. I refuse to be verbally abused by somebody who was abusive to me years ago and triggers PTSD. I'm not going to fucking live like that, dude. You don't get to torment me just because I had your fucking kid. Kiss my ass for the final time. So he, he messaged me and he said, since you never answer my calls, I just wanted to write you and get a message to ask you to get over your alcoholism for Jacob and stop lying to him first of all what the fuck is that what, is, what am I lying to him about how am I lying to him what exactly is it that you're convinced that I'm lying about second of all you need to be a mom and make better effort first of all dude you blocked me con- continuously on reaching Jacob you were very good about giving them the wrong fucking number to reach him and then on top of that, you didn't even give him the right email address. And you told everybody that I was an alcoholic who didn't care about my kid. So nobody fucking tried to contact me. Nobody would call me back. You did a real good fucking job shit-talking me. Second of all, or third of all, like, I asked you everything I needed to know about Jake, and you refused to give me any information. So I've, I had made efforts. I was very frustrated with the fact that I couldn't reach him. Anyway, he said, you haven't tried, but one time to call Jacob and blaming me because of yourself is not fair to our sons to so grow up and own your shit, which by the way, that all that's not true. That is a lie. That's, I literally spent all day one day just fucking in tears and frustrated, not getting a hold of anybody, nobody calling me back, leaving messages for everybody with fucking ears and asking family members, like not knowing what to do. Cause it was really frustrating So then I just said, please stop messaging me because I'm not going to respond to your shit. Like you don't deserve any of my time or my energy. You already got what you wanted, which is your money. You got your image and your money. So what the fuck are you in my inbox for? Second, this is his response. He laughs at it and he says, how about you grow the fuck up and be a mom? You can be a real bitch to everyone and you deserve all the karma that comes your way because you're a shitty person. This literally was unprovoked today. Sent to me from my ex-husband after weeks of not speaking with him. Over what? For what? For why? No fucking reason. No clues given. No reference to Jacob. Just him unleashing some fucking fury. And you know what? The The buck stops here, dude. You don't get to do that shit to me anymore. I'm fucking over it. I will be filing a no contact order. I've asked you not to contact me if you do it again. You're really going to get it. So knock it the fuck off. Second of all, and I don't know why I keep saying that, but this thing with Brent, the the contemptuous energy, I'm hoping it ends, but I don't see it anytime soon. And at this point, I think I'm in a real good headspace to stop communicating with him as much as possible, to put as much distance as I can between him and me, and, and never ever fall back into that energy where I give a fuck about him or K2 because ever since I moved out to Portland, I I tell you what, I feel a lot better. I feel a lot better that I don't have to live in this shithole energy anymore. I'm back into Portland where I'm talking to people. I know people. I'm making plans. I'm making friends it's all good. It's all good. Everything that I'm doing right now is very good and I'm very happy and I'm, I'm about to get access to my kid again and it's just a good time in my life and I don't need people coming in and shitting on me. So anybody that wants to come in and fuck up my day, kiss my ass. I hope you guys are doing well. We'll talk about cyclic pattern a little bit later. I'm going to be doing my hair extension. So I'll talk to you then. Okay. Love you. Bye.